Welcome to the Village Idiots Podcast. I'm your DM, Nathan. With me this evening, I have Nicole. What's up? Jordan. Hey. Justin. Hello. And Emily. Hello. We are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode we name a village idiot. Last week's village idiot was Scarlet, played by Nicole. What else is new? Nicole, what happened last week? So when you guys went to go get that cart, uh, last the one before that, you got approached by that is he a goblin? That yeah. Uh, yeah. Reg, the one that you sold the two sold the two gems to, and his two big old thugs, and he told you that he knows that there are supposed to be three gems, not just the two that you sold him, and he wants the third gem for some mysterious buyer uh, that he works for, and you were like playing dumb, and then you were like, "Well, I'll try to get it for you, okay?" and and then we were playing dragon chess when you guys got back, Saf one. We brought all the stuff back to the headquarters, to the precinct, and we told them what happened. And apparently, I almost spilled the beans, but I definitely didn't. And the Sakov said that she wanted to talk to us because she thought we handled ourselves well, taking down the an arm of the Violet Rose. Oh, yeah, so we got our, our new assignment is going to be kind of crowd control, I guess, and, like, making sure everybody's safe during... I think it's fighting the stuff that comes out of the shade pocket. Yeah, if anything does come out, and, like, making sure everything's safe during the shade pocket, which is in, like, two days or something like that. So then after that, we went shopping. So we got a whole bunch of new armor and stuff, and weapons and potions and truth serums, all that fun stuff. And then we... And a crowbar. Yeah, and you gave me a crowbar. <laughs> so I stopped smashing into things. And then we went back to our tavern to shower. And then we contacted Tazvik and let him know what our progress was. And then we formed a plan of action when it comes to Reg and what we're going to say and do and all that fun stuff. And then that was it, right? <laughs> Agamir also sent a courier to Walter Hillis. Yes. That's right. Let him know that you guys are going to make a deal. And hopefully I don't have a courier's head on a plate when he comes back. That's like the literal meaning of don't kill the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I'm all mixed into, Nate. Yeah. Who knows? Not me. Find out. Wait. No. I know. I was thinking that they were violet roses, too. It's unclear, but I don't think so. Maybe, because they're not wearing the purple. Rival faction? Pri private party? I don't know. Yeah. He won't tell me. He, he's the representative for this entity. Oh, we'll get it out of him with Safina's truth serum. Yeah. It's true. So we're just prepping for the shade thing. Yeah. So uh, the this all happens uh, two days out from the forecasted date of the shade pocket occurring. You wake up the next morning and not really a whole lot's going on. Sometime in the afternoon, you receive a message from the four, or the uh, the 12th precinct saying to meet up for a briefing on your role in the uh, 
in the shade pocket, maintenance or task, what have you. Okay. Sounds good. So you need to uh, be briefed on uh, what you're all supposed to do right now, the day before the, the shade pocket. All right. Sounds good. So you all head over there, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we supposed to talk about leveling up? Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone leveled up. I spent part of the day practicing with my grappling hook. That's the only thing I was going to add. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, and also, everyone leveled up after the fight with the Violet Rose. I am really bad about mentioning this after it happens. So, yeah, everyone leveled up. So everyone roll initiative for me before we get into the shade pocket. 12. Uh, 18. 3. How's the sweet, sweet two sitting with you? <laughs> nice. I hope that's uh, not an indication of what happens the rest of this episode. Half doing well, half not so much. <laughs> Let's hope not. So, Jordan, why don't you tell us what happened with uh, Agamir when he leveled up? Sure thing. Well, I took the standard health increase, so I went from 27 to 35. I'm level 4 now, and basically... Um, I chose, instead of choosing a feat, I chose to increase my dexterity by two. So I now have a 16 in dexterity. So my dex saving throws are at a plus five now. All my dexterity related skills have gone up. And honestly, that's probably the, that's really the gist of it. My initiative has gone up. My armor class has gone up. So I'm at a 15 AC. Because of my rackish audacity as a swashbuckler, I have a total of plus five to initiative. So my hope is that I go first all the time, but we will see. <laughs> we will see. Maybe level eight, you take that alert feat and get a plus 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That'd be helpful. Yeah. Awesome. So that's Agamir Scar. What did you get? I got to improve an ability score modifier plus two or two ability score modifiers plus one. So my strength is now 16 plus the 3, and then my dexterity is up to 15 plus 2, and my hit points went up by 9. So now I'm 42. Sweet. Justin, what about Saf? Well, Saf got a lot of stuff, but I'm going to try and make this as short as possible. So... Just like Saf. So she went from 24 to 31 hit points, uh, plus 4 now to dexterity, plus 4 to initiative. She gained infuse magic, which basically means that I can cast a spell on an inanimate object, give it to somebody, and then they can use that to cast a spell. The same spell. I also gained a spell called Shield of Faith. That kind of like, uh, if I cast it on someone within 60 feet, they gain plus 2 to AC. Whoa, I could get a 20 AC if you cast that on me. Yep. And then I'm a complete idiot and forgot to check the mechanical servant things. So I should have had a mechanical servant since level one. But I don't feel so bad because it could only attack as of level three. So now I have a giant poisonous snake, which is of the medium scale not large or anything like that but i named him alpha and he has an ac of 16 18 hp he can swim and his speed of 30 feet he has a bite attack and he's got good decks and nate is making me because he's a poisonous snake 
and a construct. Nate is making me buy poison for him. <laughs> so there's that. Yep. My reasoning being, it is not a biological thing, so it cannot produce the poison on its own. That's valid. Mm, totally fair. Still sad. If you want it to be poisonous, you gotta buy it. Nice. Still sad. Yeah, so, awesome. Staff got a lot of cool stuff. So, before we get into Drew's level up stuff, we have to talk about a little dream that Drew had. Uh-oh. So, Drew, the night after you uh, get back from taking down the Violet Rose, you have a dream. In this dream, you find yourself in the void again. Great. My favorite place. That you are in. Your hand itches. Well, Your right hand. The one that has the, the mark of the shepherd on it. I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, it definitely is. So, you see that it's starting to glow. And you are feeling like this is one of the most real dreams you ever had. Okay. You don't feel scared, but it does feel very real. Out of the void comes a familiar sight. It is the entity you know as the shepherd. That shepherd, though. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks at you with its many eyes and says, Hello, child. I have a deal to make with you. What kind of deal? (laughs) I sense greatness in you. And I feel you can be of service to me. How? How could I be of service to you? Do you know why they called me the shepherd child? Yes. I read in a library book. (laughs) (laughs) I am the shepherd of souls. All will come through me. All shall feel the shepherd's crook. I can give you some of my powers. What kind of powers? You may borrow the souls before I need them. Are you telling me that I could raise the dead? There's a long pause. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you, what do I need to do in return? You will forever be my servant. What does that mean? What does that entail? What are the hours like? Do I get vacation? (laughs) No vacation. (laughs) That seems a little harsh. It's basically an unpaid internship. I had a um, vacation schedule before I decided to take the job. Is it okay that I still go on that first? I already booked the flight. Sorry, keep going. (laughs) None of this is real. I say none of this. Um, what does being a servant entail? Your soul can never go to the afterlife. Okay. Your soul stays with me. Okay, but like, what does being your servant entail? What do I have to do? What am I doing while I'm your servant? A servant implies that I'd be doing things for you. Reap the souls for me. I think that's like your job, though. <laughs> I have to do you are one of my reapers. Delegating? Okay. I would take the souls to you forever. Yes. But like while I'm here on Earth, I could raise the dead. Yes. That sounds like a pretty sweet deal, actually. <laughs> I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that deal. I uh, Drew reaches her hand out. Uh, your hand is enveloped with tendrils, and the mark on your hand glows brighter. 
and then you're just asleep. The The dream is over. Nice. Oh my gosh. So, Drew, what do you want to, uh, what happened when you leveled up? So, instead of going to level four in Cleric, I decided to level up into level one of Warlock, which is shocking because there are no Warlocks in Lanamora. However, there is now a deity to serve, and therefore I am a Warlock. Not a deity, a patron. A patron to serve. My god. So, I took level one Warlock, which means that I get... It's like a give and take when you when you do this. So... Basically, I don't get... I, I have a level one... In, I'm level three in Cleric, and I'm level one in Warlock, but I'm not level four in anything. So that kind of sucks. Like, I don't get any any of the level four stuff for Cleric, so next time, I can either go to level two in Warlock or level four in Cleric. So that's how my leveling up is going to work from now on. You are multi-classing. Multi-classing is very scary and terrifying, but the reason I did this is because... Um, so when you are a warlock, you get to choose your patron. In this in this case, my patron kind of chose me. So this is a special... You, sh- you get, like, special stuff from your patron in the book. However, this, of course, is not in the player's handbook, so Nathan has created a special stat block for the Pact of the Shepherd. And this just means that instead of... This is basically my uh, my patron, my pact of my patron or whatever that um, a normal warlock would get in anything else. This is just what Nathan has created for the shepherd. I get an expended spell list um, and I have delay departure. So starting at first level, when you reduce a humanoid or beast to zero hit points, you may attempt to bind the creature's soul to its body for up to one minute. As a bonus action, roll a charisma check with a DC equal to... Double the creature's number of hit dice. Should your check succeed, the creature's soul is bound to its body and under your control. It may use any weapon, natural or man-made. It was wielding at the time of its death, but may not cast spells or use any other abilities it it had in life. You may only bind one creature at a time, and when the spell ends, the creature's body disintegrates as the soul leaves for the afterlife. You may use this feature a number of times equal to your charisma modifier, and my charisma modifier is two. Uh, you regain all expanded uses after a long rest. So, cool. that's super dope. Um, I get other stuff at other levels, but obviously that'll be if I decide to take those levels. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I get from Warlock, or from my pact with the Shepherd. At least right now, I get to bind the soul of a creature, and it will fight for me for a minute, basically. Yes, with whatever um, uh, weapon it had on it. And then I also got two Warlock cantrips. So I got Eldritch Blast Dedoy, which is a, a D10 cantrip. I got, and I also got True Strike. Oh, I used that. I remember that. Yeah, True Strike is super dope. Basically, I point at a target, and then on my next turn, I gain advantage on my first attack roll against the target. So... I get to point it, basically mark the target, and then on my next turn, I get advantage on that target. Don't you also, like, know what its stats are? Yeah, it says you, you gain, grants you a brief insight into the target's defenses. Yeah. Yeah. And then, let's see, and then um, I got one first-level warlock spell, which is, and I chose Hellish Rebuke. 
says, you point your finger in the creature that damaged you is momentarily surrounded by hellish flames. The creature must make a dexterity saving throw. It takes 2d10 fire damage on a failed save or half as much uh, damage on a successful save. And then when you cast a spell using a spell of second level or higher, the damage increases by 1d10 for each spell slot above first. So if I cast it at a second level, it would be, they would take 3d10 fire damage, which is just so much damage. And it's also like fire and shit. That's not cool. And then my hit points went up to 27. And with my new armor, I have an armor class of 17. And I think that's it. Nice. Sweet. So yeah, the first warlock in millennia. Yes. Big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging it. <laughs> big deal, very large repercussions. So anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, uh. at what cost? <laughs> we'll find out. Thank you for taking this pact. Now I get to do other cool stuff. So yeah, that's uh, everyone leveled up. That's awesome. Uh, good stuff. You all are now level four, and you are about to be briefed on the situation and your your duties in guarding against the shade pocket that is coming to Fellows, the largest in uh, a long time. Right, right. I think you said 15 years. Did you share any of her, her things over breakfast the next morning? or just <laughs> <laughs> Do I talk about it? No. I don't think that I would <laughs> tell you. I, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> no. I think that's going to be a me thing for now. I think that's going to be the first time she binds a soul to its body. Y'all are going to have some questions. I mean, that's why I said for now. <laughs> like, I'll keep it. On the hush hush, for now. Can you can you uh, can you tell us about shade pockets? Like what you know about those? Nathan, do I know a lot about shade pockets? Roll for history. Oh, can I use my research thing, my researcher thing that I get for being a sage? Yes. It says basically that if I don't know something, I know who I don't. I guess this doesn't really help us right now. I it, I know who would know, or I know where to find it. Let's see. Yeah, that's why I said yes. Um, what's my history? 21. Okay, you know that the shade pockets come fairly, maybe not consistently, but they're easy to forecast. The shade pockets are easier to forecast than the fey pockets. And they are... Uh, you, you don't want to be trapped in a shade pocket. Basically, if, if they know that a shade pocket's coming... The general public gets out of the area as quickly as possible. No one wants to stick around. <laughs> so it's not going to be so much a, a question of maybe getting people out of the shade pocket, but there may be some rescue missions that might need to be had. And then the creatures that are associated with the shade pockets are more dangerous than the ones of the fey pockets. And what was the pocket that Emily was born in? Fae pocket. The Fae? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was a pop-up. It was like a shower. So my mom did not know that. She just kind of made camp for the night <laughs> and ended up having me while there was a Fae shower. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're heading to the briefing then? Yes. Okay. So you all head to the 12th Precinct of Fellows. There is a lot of activity going on, even more so than the, the previous few days. People are rushing all around, trying to get exactly where they need to be. 
There are people handing documents back and forth to each other, parcels, everything. The large Goliath copper mantle gestures to you all and says, go to the conference room that way. And she directs you and you get there. And Sokoba is uh, behind a podium. She says, welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you all could make it. So I think that's the last of everyone with this group here. You enter the room and there are um, 20 or 30 mix. It's, it's a mix of people. Some of them are copper mantles. Some of them are mercenaries like uh, three of you are. And the room is pretty much full. And Scope says, now that everyone's here, we can uh, begin the briefing. So we're going to split you off into teams of uh, three or four. The pocket should be occurring tomorrow morning, just before midday. So we're going to need everyone in positions at least an hour beforehand. So what we can expect, most people have already moved to a different part of the city or to their relatives or a different part of Alari in general. They're trying to get as far away as possible. So show of hands, how many of you have dealt with a shade pocket before? Around a third of the uh, people in the room raised their hands. Have I ever? No. Odds or evens? Odd. You have. So I raise my hand. Drew has, but she does not raise her hand. Okay. So, okay, that's um, fewer than I had hoped for, but nonetheless, this is uh, the, it's good to have you all here. So with the Shade Pocket, it is going to get very dark. Very, very dark. It, it, it's a magical darkness. If you can see in night or low light situations, that will not help you. So we have acquired some amulets from the uh, they're on loan from Gizmoboro, but they have given us these amulets to help out unfortunately we don't have enough for all of you so one person per team is going to have to have this on their person they start handing out an amulet it has a motif of an eye on it it's fairly plain it's on a thin chain and it's not very bulky so assign one member of your group to have this amulet on hand. Also, the shade is home to many corrosive and uh, stealthy creatures. So be on your guard. Be Always be on the lookout. Look around every corner. Look in every shadow. Danger could be everywhere. So the main thing that we're going to be dealing with is... Uh, not so much keeping people out, but we're going to be making sure the streets are safe during the, the 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 time of the pocket. It shouldn't be longer than a 12-hour pocket. So is, is this is going to be fairly disruptive. It should be going into the night. So people may be trying to come back late at night, but if they have any sense about them, they'll wait a few days while we work the cleanup. We're going to have these teams going through the streets and making sure that no one has been trapped and that nothing gets out onto the streets. So we're going to keep a perimeter going. So you three teams, she points at one part of the conference room, you three teams are going to be in charge of securing the perimeter and everyone else is going to be patrolling the streets, making sure that Everything is safe. So, does anyone have any questions? Uh, yes, you. Uh, she points at a 
a gnome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, my name is uh, Flork. Uh, I've got a question about what kind of creatures we're going to see here. And Scoba says, that's a great question, Flork. It's good to have you. Uh, good to see you again. He's a mercenary. She says, so the creatures in the shade pocket, they are the, the most common one that we see are the dark mantles. And they're not super dangerous, but they are something to watch out for. They are very good at concealing themselves. So they might look like an overhanging sign or something to that effect. They usually hang out above and they will try and uh, suffocate you. So if you see that, if you see any one of your companions struggling or you don't hear them for, for some time, just ask them to sign off. And if you don't hear them, look around for the dark mantles and you should should find them. They're a nuisance more than anything, unless you get attacked by a swarm of them. The other types are their various oozes and uh, slimes that like to inhabit the shade pockets. When the landscape changes fr from normal to shade, everything looks like it's covered in gross ooze and darkness, and everything looks like it's hasn't been washed in quite some time. So sometimes it's hard to see these slimes and oozes. So just be be on the lookout for anything that looks out of place. Oh, speaking of out of place, watch out especially for mimics. Mimics? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, anything that you s see could be a mimic. That sucks. So uh, if you see a, a chest sitting in the middle of the road or a barrel in a cart bottle of wine it could it could be a mimic in disguise so don't touch anything that looks out of place this is terrible news hate that <laughs> is it too late to back out <laughs> <laughs> can we take another job from the job board <laughs> some more cabbage carts perhaps <laughs> she uh, goes on for another few minutes she's pointing at a map showing you where the, sh the shade pocket is going to be exactly and where the perimeter needs to be you all are not in the group that needs to be patrolling the perimeter you're patrolling the streets so she assigns everyone their places and their cross streets where they are going to be performing their patrol your group is going to be on the uh, the southern end of the shade pocket further in towards the courier's assembly so she asks if anyone else has any questions Okay. I think we're good. How um, how is the best way to spot a mimic or a dark mantle? Is, are there any tricks? What did you say? So the dark mantles can be overhead overhanging signs, like they're threats from above. They're basically mimics, from what I understand, right? Except they can suffocate you. Not exactly. So the dark mantles themselves are going to be kind of like a squid, but like a squid that's wearing a cloak. Squid with a cape on. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it like a corrupted mantle? Yeah, why is it called a mantle? Is it just because it falls down, like, over your shoulders and tries to suffocate you? Yes. Yes, ah. that is that is why they call it a dark mantle. Okay. The dark mantles uh, sometimes take on the appearance of stalactites. So st stalactites don't appear in the city environment. So if you see any stalactites, it's probably a dark mantle. Sometimes it could be a little difficult because of the aforementioned look of dirtiness in a shade pocket. Sometimes it looks like stuff is decaying or 
has a, a thick layer of dirt on it. So sometimes it's hard to say, but if you are ever in question, take a long stick and prod it. And if it moves and tries to suffocate you, it's probably a dark mantle. Should have bought an 11 foot pole. Mimics, on the other hand, are a little more difficult. Really, the best advice I can give you is try and touch as little as possible. You're saying that our dark vision doesn't work? Correct. Great. So if no one else has any questions, then um, I guess everyone gets some good night's sleep and, and good luck tomorrow. All right. Prepare to roll a lot of investigations. Oh, yeah. And perceptions. Oh, yes. So do you all go back to the tavern? Yep. Perhaps a little little more anxious looking than before. Sweet. I have an extra I have an extra couple drinks tonight. Yeah, I'm a little scared. I drink. <laughs> Drew goes to bed early. Big day. Okay. So you all go to bed. You awaken in the morning and it's sunrise. So it's like eight or nine in the morning. Do you all do any prep prior to heading to your location? Um, I mean, I've definitely, like, sharpened my blades and stuff, right? Like, sharpened my axes and polished my warhammer and... I would have gone out and practiced using the whip. <laughs> nice. I can't, dude, I can't. <laughs> Why you did this to me? To yourself, really? <laughs> so, actually, that might... The whip might come in handy, because... If you can't touch things, yeah. There you go. We can see, like, if we see, like, what you think is a stalactite, just whip it. <laughs> whip it good. <laughs> <laughs> Did we decide who's getting the goggles? Uh, it's an amulet. <laughs> Does it give vision in an, in an aura, like, to the group, or is it the wielder? Just the wielder. That's so scary. What the fuck? Why would you put us in that then? <laughs> what does the other person see that doesn't have the amulet on? It's a- as if you were in the dark but didn't have dark vision. So 30 feet? Yeah. It's it's like pitch black. What about if I had goggles of night, dark vision up to 60 feet? That does not help you. Do we want to like roll for it? Um, whoever has the best perception should be wielding it. The best passive perception. My passive perception is 14. 11. Yeah, mine's 10. Mine's 12. Is me. <laughs> I get it. All the amulets. She's going to be jingling through the street. <laughs> <laughs> you take disadvantage on stealth? No. The amulet gives you true sight out to 60 feet. Cool. So before we enter this thing up, I like to ask, why do they send people into this? What's the point of sending people into this instead of just waiting on the outside and make sure nothing got, gets out? So it's really for making sure that no one has been trapped in the shade pocket. So kind of like search and rescue teams. It's it's like preemptive search and rescue teams. So how are we supposed to get them out then? You can kind of leave the area of the shade pocket as if you left a shadow region. Like, if you were under a tree, you'd be in the shade, but then if you... This is like in real life, not the shade shade. So, if you are... Imagine that you're in a tree and under a tree in real life and there it casts its shadow. You can walk out from under the shadow. 
It's the same thing in the shade. How do we make sure that we don't get stuck in it? The shade will eventually dissipate. Mm-hmm. And we aren't going to be taken with it. No, you won't be taken with it. Okay. It kind of, it's kind of like, it's just like a storm where, you know, all of a sudden it's raining and then it's not raining and you're still there. You're just not getting wet anymore. So it's like the mist from the movie, The Mist? Sure. Justin, it's kind of like going into the upside down. Yeah. Yeah, it's got Stranger Things vibes. So say we walk a mile into the shade and we find someone who needs search and rescue. Does that mean we have to walk them the mile back out of the shade? Either you have to walk them out or you have to uh, weather the storm. So it should last for 12 hours, she said. So we, I'm pretty sure we can walk a mile. I think it's not that big of a deal. I imagine we'll be passing through the streets kind of just calling out for people for the most part. Looking for anyone that needs help. Can mimics talk? Because that would be terrible if they were crying out for help. Or if they turn into one of us. Is it like a ditto that you could tell that it's the mimic because of the eyes? <laughs> or it's like that fucked up Pikachu. What was his name? Mimic you. Mimic you. So you all are awake. You had questions about the shade pocket and getting people out. Yeah, so you either have to walk them out of the area of effect of the shade pocket or you have to weather the storm with them. We wanted to know if mimics can talk. Uh, they cannot. They cannot. Okay. Just good. <laughs> yep. So, do you all go to your assigned location? Let's go to our posts. I go to my assigned location so hard. <laughs> okay, so you get there a few minutes early. Earlier than Sokopa told you to get there. And uh, it's eerie. The streets are quiet. No one is there. Everyone has already left, it seems. It's it's not an insignificant walk from the tavern that you all are staying in. And as you get closer, it's fewer and fewer people are on the streets. Doors are closed up. Windows are boarded up. It's like um, people getting ready for a hurricane. And you know that feeling where there's like electricity in the air. That's what it feels like. So you all are anxiously waiting. The hour goes by and all of the sudden you see in the distance, it's starting to get dark. Oh shit. Not cloudy dark, just dark. And right on time, just before midday, where you are goes completely black. And as your eyes adjust, you see that the, uh, the region of the city that you're in looks as if it hasn't, as if it's been abandoned for years. It's overgrown with fungi and weird dirt that's all stringy all over it. There's dust particles all in the air. Everything's got a kind of a strange. Stranger things. <laughs> there are stranger things happening than you've ever seen. <laughs> There are like purple and red particles floating through the air. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel good. You you just feel morose while you're there too. Do all the trees look dead all of a sudden? Uh, yeah. All the trees look like they don't have any leaves. It's it's like as if winter has hit, but there's no snow. Y'all, it's the upside down. It looks like if you touched something, it would disintegrate into ash. Cool. So Agamir is thoroughly, Agamir certainly like just kind of shivers. He's just like, ugh, 
like look as he watches this wash over the landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see it going in the distance, and you can you can see almost light on the far south end of your sight, like as far as you can see out into the city. However, it's the the light is obscured as if it's um, by clouds, like very dark clouds. Where are we supposed to be? Uh, right where you are. That's our like station. Yeah, you're supposed to patrol this area and uh, make sure that no one is in distress and that no one is uh, nothing gets out into the city. Okay. Yeah, we're at, we're at the southern end of the shade pocket, close to the courier's assembly. Okay. Mm-hmm. You start talking to each other as well, and everything seems like it's a little muted. Like, it's kind of hard to hear. You, you can't even hear yourself, really, talking very clearly. Interesting. Weird. I let out a big, yeah, this is <laughs> gross. What was that? <laughs> what? So basically, me in real life can't hear objection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what do we do? Agamir, I don't know. Agamir starts to kind of slowly walk forward, looking around. Is my sight starting to go yet? Yeah, your sight has, it went almost immediately. It's like when everything went black and then your sight was coming back when your eyes were adjusting, it feels to you as if it didn't come back all the way. So does, is it like I can see dim light in within 30 feet? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, but I see... You see 60 feet out. Do I see anything? Can I roll perception? Yes, please. 14. Okay. You see the courtyard that you were standing in. There are all of the, the trees that have been deleaved. There's a cart or two around. There are some barrels stacked up against a wall. There are crates. One of the doors appears to be ajar in the the courtyard by you. Nope. Also, a bush that has not lost its leaves. That's a mimic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not fucked with that at all. Whip it. Whip it. <laughs> you all can't see it, but uh, Drew can. Okay, I relay this information to the party. There's a bush over there that hasn't lost any of its leaves. Don't go near it. I'm assuming that's a mimic. I go, over where? Over where? <laughs> I want to kill it. What? Why? I thought we were supposed to just... Are we supposed to find and kill the mimics? But, like, are we supposed to, like, seek them out and kill them? I thought we were just supposed to avoid them. Mimics are terrible. We should not touch it. I think we're just supposed to wait out the fade pocket and, like, only fight if things are being... Like, if things are attacking us or other people. I think our main goal is to find people and get them out. I thought we were also supposed to make sure that these things don't get out. There is a door that is ajar. But, like, what's to say that this mimic isn't going to get out? The people on the perimeter. Yeah, there's people on the perimeter, and then our job is to go inside. People on the perimeter are making sure nothing gets out of the perimeter. Sure. I just want to kill it. I think. Right, Nathan? That's correct. There are people patrolling the perimeter that are stopping... Most things from getting out. I want to kill it. So we have to find people. That's our goal. Yes. Okay. So I guess we head towards where people would be. So calling out for people is not going to be very helpful, right? Yeah. In this like dense air kind of thing. I can't hear very well. Yeah, the dense air and muted. It might be a little difficult. So it's more of a, 
got to open up doors and see what's going on. Are we like 30 feet away from being back in the regular light? No, you're you're more in the, the central area. So you're the closest spot that you could get out is probably a half mile away at this point. Oh, okay. So are we going through this door that's open? I guess. Lead the way. I guess I'm the one who can see. So yeah, I do that. Yeah. I'm going to be right behind you. Okay. Inside this door, it looks to be a bookshop of some type. And it looks like the books have all decayed and the counters have rotted. Everything is gross. There's a big colony of mushrooms in this in the corner. Do we see anybody? Roll me a perception. Is there a second story? There is. 21 perception. You do not see anyone on the first floor. Go upstairs. There's another big colony of mushrooms up here. Okay, so again, should I just roll another perception? Sure. Okay, so sure. 14. Okay, uh, one of these mushrooms looks different than the others. Kill it. It's large, larger than, and it's, it's about the size of a human. I got a natural 20. Does that tell me anything more? About what? Perception? On what? That mushroom. Or just perception? Well, perception, yeah. You think that that mushroom may have some sort of intelligence. Okay, so that's probably a mimic. So we should not do anything with that. Intelligence, though? Or there's a person trapped in it. It, I think it just means it has intelligence, like, whereas a mushroom would not. This thing has intelligence. So, obviously, it's not a mushroom. But it looks like a mushroom. So, I'm going to say it's a mimic. Kill it. No. All right, we leave, I guess. Do you want to Do you want to practice your Eldritch Blast? You should whip it. Whip it. I mean, why can't we kill them? I don't understand why we're not doing it. Because that's not what we're here for. We're here to find people and get them out. And the whole point is that we do this job right so that Sokoba likes us so that we get in good with her. What's wrong with killing a mimic? It's not the prime directive. That's not the prime. (laughs) That's not what we're doing. (laughs) Fine. These mimics are for people on the outside. We are trying to find people. Scarlet smash. I know. All right. We leave. I guess go to the next house. All right. As you get back out into the courtyard, it looks like the tree that you saw that had no leaves on it now has foliage on it. The tree that has it has leaves. It now has foliage. That had no leaves now has foliage, or something. You can't exactly tell from the distance that you're at. Weird. I'm gonna ignore that too and go near. <laughs> What's the next shop? The next shop is a ceramist's shop. Cool. I go in there. Okay. The pots are all broken. Everything is a mess. The floor looks wet. It's just not a happy sight. It's depressing. Okay. Roll perception. 19. One of those puddles appears to be moving. I feel like if you don't let me start killing these things, that they're going to overrun us. Nathan, what are you planning on doing with this? Like, are we just finding mimics everywhere? Like, what? what's the point of this right now? 
Like I'm not, I am not above going out and whipping that tree. Like I, I, I we can do that. Once we <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, I thought the whole point was that we're supposed to find people and you're basically just showing us everything's a mimic, basically. Like everywhere we go, there's something that doesn't look right. Are we supposed to ignore all of that and find people? Are we supposed to fight these things? What's the plan here? I have told you nothing is a mimic. I have just described the surroundings to you. I think there's something up with that mushroom with intelligence. We can do whatever. It's just going to be a mimic and then we're going to fight it. And I feel like we're just going to waste an episode fighting something that we don't even need to be fighting. What if it talks? What if it talks? I don't think it's going to talk because I think it's a mimic and mimics don't talk. But if it does talk, then would that mean that the mimic took over like a human? They can't take over other beings. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like if we don't kill them, we're going to get overrun. That's fine. Hit whatever with whatever, I guess, because there's nothing else happening. Nathan has said nothing else, so I guess this is what we're doing now. Secondary directive. Whip everything. (laughs) We have to be courageous and fearless and try out our new fourth level abilities. Sounds good. Hit something, (laughs) then. Agamir goes out to the tree, gets ten feet within ten feet of it, and I'm going to roll a an attack roll against the tree against the tree okay i can't that i can't see very well do i have disadvantage in dim light uh no okay i rolled an eight you failed to hit the tree damn it i haven't practiced enough would you like to try again i would this time it's a 16 that will hit the tree what happens to this tree or should i yeah, it's a total of five damage. Okay, you hit the tree, and all of the material that looks like leaves falls to the ground and hits the floor with a squelch. Ugh. It does not sound great. That is a terrifying word. Squelch? Yeah. As the matter hits the ground with the squelch, you hear a scream, a muffled scream about it's behind you behind agamir behind agamir yeah it's it's in the, a different direction from where you were do we hear the screams yes you all hear the scream so we go there yeah i turn around to see what what it is okay you see not a whole lot because it seems to be farther away than you can see hey drew did you hear that what do you see i see exactly what he just said Oh, I thought she could see farther away than us. She can, but only out to 60 feet. Oh, okay. So let's, can we go in the direction of that? Yes, you can. People in danger. That was the plan, right? Okay. As you approach the screams, you hear more screams uh, on either side of you. Like to the left and to the right? To the left and to the right. It seems to be the same scream that you just heard, though. I look up. There's a shadow above you under an overhang kill it whip it are we on the road or you're like on the side of the road like one of the walkways it's one of the dark mantles (laughs) do i see this yeah you see this i whip it (laughs) you whip it all right (laughs) can i roll a perception to find out if that's what was making the scream yes i'll allow it that's a 20 altogether. No, it was not. I roll a 19 to whip it. 
You whip it. You whip it good. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. And the damage would be six. Okay. Slashing. Uh, how close is everyone together? I imagine pretty close. Pretty close. Within five to ten feet of each other, probably, right? Okay, everyone except for Drew can no longer see. Uh, yeah. Agamir, you take... I'm ten feet away from it, by the way. Yes. You take six bludgeoning damage, and you are not able to breathe. What? Why? The thing is suffocating him. Did it, like, jump on me? I don't know. You can't see. Drew is the only one you can see. What do I see? You see. Do underwater breathing rules apply? Because I can hold my <laughs> breath for so long. <laughs> Four minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's relevant information. But Drew sees a... Uh, what look, she imagines a dark mantle is on Agamir's head. Kill it. Uh, I'm not gonna, like, strike at it if it's on Agnew's head. Um. I calmly slump to the floor. <laughs> calmly. And then roll. Stop, drop, and roll? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> it's, all I, it's all I can think of. <laughs> so, how far away do you roll, do you reckon? Just five feet. Okay. Scar and Saf still cannot see. And neither can Agamir, for that matter, because he's uh, his head is covered. Wait, why can't we see? Can I roll further? If you'd like, yeah. I well, if I'm on like um, what I imagined would be like a wooden sidewalk or in front of a business or something, I roll off out into the road. Okay, you as you roll away, Scar and Saf can now see. What they see is like a fifteen foot sphere of just darkness in front of them. And they can't see Agamir. I'm really confused. Same. Drew can see Agamir rolling around on the ground. But I don't know what to do to help him in this situation. <laughs> like, I can't really go, hit it. Go, infl- go inflict wounds on it. Well, I mean, I can't hit the... Th- well, I don't want it to hurt Agamir in the process. Don't do any attacks that have AoE, an area of effect damage? Well, yeah, but I still feel like that... I feel like, um... Like, Guiding Bolt, I feel like I couldn't just hit, like, one specific thing. Um, I mean, inflict wounds, maybe, but it's it, it's all, it's, like, on you. Um, I believe in you, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean... How, how large is the creature, Nate? It's, um, it's small. So, it, it, its size is small. So, it's only about as big as your head. So... My question is, if I were to inflict wounds on this thing, would it hurt Agamir? Inflict wounds is a touch attack, so no. Okay. If So long as you are only touching the dark mantle, it will only affect it. Agamir can also, you can also try and uh, wrench it free from your head if you want. Okay. I'll try that first. What's, um, what do I have to roll for that? A strength check, please. All right. Scar, you could take your crowbar to the thing on his face. <laughs> Wrench it free. This is giving me major, like, in The Little Mermaid when the starfish, like, goes right over her face to shut her up. Uh, I rolled a 13. Okay. You are able to get 
the dark mantle off of you and you can you can't see but you've taken it off all right am i like holding it kind of like with both hands yes you you're able to rip it off your face can i try and rip it in half (laughs) that's wild (laughs) you can certainly try is it another strength check yes it is all right uh this time it's an eight you are unable to rip it in twain uh, Drew is seeing all of this unfold. Uh, Saf and Scar are not. So I'm just em- so I'm just embarrassed in front of in front of Drew <laughs> again. Um, can I? <laughs> since it's a cantrip, I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast on this thing. Can I do it and aim it so it hits just the thing and not Agamir, even though he's holding it? Yes, it's going to increase the armor class, but okay, you don't know what the armor class is, so yeah, give it a go. Okay. Um, let's see. Hold on. Eldritch Blast. Range spell attack. That's my warlock spell. This is my first warlock spell, you guys. And no one can see it. <laughs> no one can see it. Well, Agamir's the only one who can't see it. Saf and Scar can see now. Oh, she is, is um, Drew not in the sphere of darkness? Drew is not in the sphere. That's a natural 20, y'all. What? Dope. Let me see that crit hit. I'm gonna, like obliterate this fucking thing. Okay, I'm gonna hit target takes so I doubled my dice, so it says it takes one D ten, so it would be two D ten. Correct. Alright. God an eight plus a seven is fifteen. Fifteen damage. Excellent. Uh describe to me what your Eldritch Blast looks like as it obliterates this dark mantle. Dope. Um let's see. So Agamir rips the thing. Like, I'm watching him struggle with this thing, mostly in, like, I don't know what to do without hurting him. And then he rips it off of him and tries to rip it in half. And he doesn't, he can't do it. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh my god! And I cast Eldritch Blast, which is new. And it is a crackling purple, almost like lightning. And it comes from my fingertips, hits the shade, and it just blasts it back. And it kind of crackles with the purple energy nice sweet so as it's uh dying agamir can see again it looks as if the dark mantle was emitting the darkness okay good to know good to know and you can yeah now agamir saf and scar can see it for what it was so now they know what they look like yeah gross gross you hear the screams again down the street i guess we go to there yeah, let's head over. All right. Did I take any damage in the encounter? You... Yeah, I took six. Yeah, you took you took six damage. So, you are moving along. As you are walking down the street, the screams seem to get louder, and it seems like they're kind of all around you. What the hell? The further you go down the street, the more screams you hear, and the more disgusting and gross it's getting, you're noticing. It's very strange. As you look behind you, you see that it's, it looks like it's getting darker behind you. So. Do you all continue forward? Perception. Peace. <laughs> it's like, uh, 18 to percept. Okay. You look around. It doesn't, it's starting to look less and less like a city street and more like a, an overgrown cave. Interesting. Wonderful. <laughs> Are the screams becoming, like, inhuman? At times, they seem a little inhuman. Okay. 
Agamir turns to the rest of the party and just like, what do you guys think? Go towards the screams? <laughs> we gotta know if there's people. Do you see anything, Drew? Um, I don't know. Roll perception. Natural 20. I love these die. Like, seriously, these metal die that we got at Gen Con have just, they've never let me down. Yeah, I love them too. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan's also roll very well, which is an issue. At the very edge of your vision, you see what looks to be a humanoid figure up against the gloom. I go towards it. As you get closer, it looks like there are multiple humanoid figures. Okay, I keep going. As you get even closer, it appears that they are all surrounding a single large mushroom. What is even happening? Okay, I'm walking up. I walk, I have to figure out what the fuck's going on. I walk over. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, no. what, what's going on? <laughs> you get to within about 30 feet of this mushroom and it emits a blood curdling shriek. Wow. And the figures that are at the base of the mushroom start chattering. Like bugs? Like cats when they see a bird outside? Not exactly. Well, some of it sounds like that, but some of it sounds it, it sounds like they're human or humanoid voices kind of going so major some major resident evil vibes yeah except there's dozens of them overlapping each other and some of them are screaming and as you are looking at them you see a bunch of eyes bubble to the surface of these humanoid figures and you see a bunch of mouths erupt from the backs as well it's just eyes and mouths and chattering and that's where we're gonna end what the fuck honestly i can't <laughs> why even. are you like this what do we do oh, to gosh. you this is your first interaction with the shade i need to make it creepy okay fuck mm. that is creepy <laughs> hope you all have a good sleeps tonight <laughs> God, that's rough. so Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I hope my players had a good time playing. I had a great time DMing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we we appreciate you. Thanks for thanks for sticking around for this podcast. It, it, it's great. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> we have fun. Uh, Nicole, we we have fun on social media too, right? I think that you should be the village idiot then. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. We uh, need to name a village idiot. Uh, the village idiot this week is going to be Agamir. <laughs> for whipping a tree? <laughs> for No, not for whipping the tree, for whipping the uh, the dark mantle above him. Oh, yeah. When Sokoba expressly said to disturb as little as possible. <laughs> It's true. I was not listening. Listen to me. <laughs> I am always right. <laughs> See, I. this is my job as a DM. I'm supposed to tell you the things you're not supposed to do and then make you do the things <laughs> that you aren't supposed to do. I just wanted to kill things. They were piling up. You're just like, you're like, don't do this thing. But hey, 
here's this thing I told you not to do. Are you going <laughs> to do it? And you're like, yeah, actually. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not touch the big red button. Touch. We are <laughs> supremely stupid. Yeah. Thanks for taking the bait, Agamir. <laughs> I appreciate it. It was almost me, I swear. Like It was so close to being me. I wanted to try out. I thought that my uh, the 10 foot reach would save me. It did not. You wanted to be Indiana Jones. You need better dice to be Indiana Jones. So yeah, we have a we have a good time, and we have a good time on social media too, right, Nicole? We do. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Village Idiot Pod. You can talk to us about anything you want on there. We're happy to converse with you and share memes and all sorts of Emily's memes are on point always. <laughs> But you can find and talk to me personally at Nicole the Nerdy. You can find me at JRoma20. I'm at Neurotic Good. You can find me at Village Idiots DM. And you can't find me because I'm too busy being in the Lanamora upside down. <laughs> yeah. And being strangled by a dark mantle. <laughs> can't find him. He's too busy whipping stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we also have a uh, website. Called villageidiotspodcast.com. You can find all sorts of cool stuff like artwork, and you can find the ship tally for Agamir's getting his own ship. He's got a third, about a third of the way there, which is dope. You can also find the tally to see who has been the village idiot the most, aka me. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing on this website is the link to our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, want to hear more about, from your favorite idiots? Well, you're in luck because we've officially launched our Patreon. For just a couple bucks a month, you'll have exclusive access to some DM insights with Nathan in Behind the Screens, listen to Nicole and I BS and What's What with Dilly and Dally, and even a mini prequel campaign set in the world of Lanamora. But if a subscription to our Patreon is too much of a commitment for you, we'd love if you could leave us a quick review on iTunes. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to tell your friends about us. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so stay tuned. Yes, thank you all so much for listening. We love you. We love you. We, we need you. <laughs> we love you. We need you. You're the only thing that gets us by. <laughs> the wind beneath our wings. Yeah. <laughs> you are the wind beneath our wings. Ask me about the time that I got banned from Facebook because I used that in a video for Justin. Uh, anyway, <laughs> from all of us at the Village Idiots podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.